impacts them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Modern Man Podcast, where we connect men in pursuit of their potential. Join us as we embrace discomfort, cultivate community, and put wind in each other's sails. Now, if you are ready to take your personal and professional growth to the next level, be sure to share and subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to check out the Noble Knights Mastermind Group if you're looking to be a high-value man. There, you will find the support, accountability, and mentorship you need to achieve your goals. Join us and become a part of a community of like-minded men on a mission to improve themselves and elevate their capacity for life. And we're getting a little bit of extra wind in our sails today from uh, my new friend, Jake Rosenberg, out of the West Coast, founder and CEO of Crete. Jake, thanks for taking the time today, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I want to first give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to the audience, because I always say I can I can put the title out, but that just tells the end of the story. It doesn't really tell the beginning of it. So please take the floor and uh, let the audience know who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, I mean, the the easy one is the professional intro, because that's the one with like the kind of preset titles. I'm the founder and CEO of Crete. It's uh, 30 second skincare for guys. I had a ski accident a couple of years ago. Left me with a scar on my nose. And I was just like, before that, I was a guy who washed my face with a bar of soap and went to CVS and picked up whatever. Mm-hmm. And after having the scar on my nose, you can't really hide it. So I, and it tans in the sun differently and it's needs a lot of time to heal. So I had to basically be forced into learning about skincare and realize there's no brands that just kind of embraced like, you know, the masculine sentiments of looking good as opposed to the feminine sentiments of looking good. So we're kind of like the anti Sephora. Like very high quality products that guys can use in 30 seconds or less without all the BS, without the crazy feminine names with the pink packaging, we ship it right to you. Kind of like hymns for skincare. Nice. Um, Yeah. And then separately than that, I, you know, have a nice work-life balance at this point, which, you know, didn't exist last year. And there's a lot of ups and downs I can talk about with entrepreneurship and starting your own company. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I imagine those ups and downs and, you know, the lack of work-life balance came from, you know, getting Crete off the ground. Like it's always the plane takes off against the wind, right? But once you're in air, in the air, it's it's a different story. I want to go back to the the young Jake, that entrepreneurial mind Mm -hmm. that was, I guess the first spark was at 15. Um, Talk about... where the entrepreneurial kind of drive came from and how your first business venture kind of came about. Well, it's funny because my parents like to tell the story of when I was even younger than that, when I was like six, seven, eight, there used to be bagel sales for like a dollar at my school. And there were definitely a couple of kids whose parents just like, let's say paid less than the appropriate amount of attention to their kids. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up when I was younger inventing kind of like credit and the bank for like a dollar <laughs> time with some like some of these kids like i give them a dollar and they owe me two dollars the next week so like obviously that's a pretty <laughs> steep interest rate so i've been doing that kind of stuff like my you know i, I didn't making three dollars four dollars a week but at seven years old like you know that's that's all the money in the world to buy a candy or a movie ticket or whatever and so my parents used to think like that was that was really funny so they they understood my pattern of doing things a little differently at a young age and you know, I was doing well enough in school. And so it wasn't like that was a problem. So, you know, when I wanted to start my own tutoring company in high school, and by tutoring company, I really mean, I was tutoring a lot of people, and then it was too many. So I have other people tutor students for me and take a cut. And like, those things just made sense. I didn't realize that I was like building something. 
Yeah. And so I always wanted to make cash for myself. Um, I, that was the real original motivator. And like, as a 16 year old, what options do you have? It's like, well, I can tutor these people. Okay. Well, how do I get more clients? And so I kind of invented sales and business development by going <laughs> to the school, like the teachers who liked me and saying, okay, can you give me all your bad students? And like, I'll, I'll tutor them. So through those kinds of experiences, you just learn to kind of challenge the traditional path that you're given in life mm -hmm. and that there can be a better way. And even if you have a nine to five, you can potentially learn new skills and do it better and get promoted. And, you know, so for me, it was a never, it was never weird because I had that early success of earning a lot of cash, uh, yeah. uh, tutoring, which let me have some more financial security than most 16 year olds have. Yeah, absolutely. I was a 16 year old that was making the best popcorn at Adventureland on Long Island. And yeah. I had a line of people out the door because I put two sticks of butter instead of one. That's the secret. There you go. Yeah, Everybody I mean, can see it. We're on Long Island? <laughs> um, I was on Long Island Adventureland off in Farmingdale off of okay, Route 110. Yeah, I'm, from, I'm from Long Island originally. Excellent. So you might be familiar with Farmingdale. Uh, I and popcorn. Yeah, that popcorn. And that's the thing is I had two sticks of butter. And I do think, and I'm not saying any names, but my my superior might have been short-sighted because they understood, they saw in the inventory that I was burning through the butter. And they said, hey, you're costing us money. But I'm like, don't you see the people coming to my booth for the popcorn? I think a happy customer and return customers pays dividends. <laughs> yeah, acquisition cost, in, in my experience, is the single largest individual cost. It depends on what you're selling, but like I've never done incredibly high ticket items where maybe they it's like a handcrafted something in Italy that takes $10,000 of labor. Mm -hmm. I've never done that. But for me, the acquisition cost in my businesses has always been the highest thing. So if you can get a lower acquisition cost and a repeat customer, which doesn't have it for the second purchase, you've won. It doesn't really matter what you're spending, especially something as trivial as raw materials, which butter would be. Yeah. That's what we do with skincare. It's like we include, include literally the best ingredients. We import apple stem cell extract from Switzerland, which is crazy expensive. But it works. So when you try our stuff and it works, you come back and buy more. And it's like, it's expensive, but it's not that expensive per bottle to keep a customer on for a year instead of a month. Yeah. So it always makes sense. And if you, I think the identity too is what we're actually buying. Like there's a lot of things like I like to joke in terms of, you know, my wife and my friends, they call me cheap and frugal. I, I say frugal, they say cheap. It's just, I, I know what I want to spend my money on, but like there are certain things that you don't, you don't cheap out on. Like most people are not going to cheap out on the toilet paper. I get it. Right. You'll pay top dollar because you care about it. But I, I want to touch on something you you alluded to earlier about kind of you had a pattern of doing things differently and, and challenging the traditional path. I understand that that probably isn't always the most popular route to take. And for, for myself, having that entrepreneurial mind, working a full time job, I've made enemies with some of my coworkers at times just because of how I saw things how I went about things and maybe even because of the options I've had outside of the walls that I was working in. Have you found any pushback into, I mean, whether it was in high school, whether it was through college, have you experienced any pushback into kind of challenging that status quo? The answer is yes, but not in a way that stopped me because it's like when I was tutoring, who did I need permission from? I, sh I showed, I had a car, like a Volvo or used Volvo. I showed up to the, 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 the client's house to tutor their kid. So as long as the parent had a kid in school who they wanted to do better, there was no, there was no. And so one of the things is like to make the parallel with the skincare company. That's why we're not doing retail for a while. I don't need, I don't want to have to 
ask a Macy's or a Target or a CVS for what they want from us. We do direct to consumer because then we control that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, with, with, you know, with tutoring, it's like, it, it was also one of those things where I got results. And when you get results, results are kind of undeniable. There were definitely teachers that thought that my prices were too high because I charge high prices, but every single student I tutored did better. I F students would get C's and B's and the A minus students would get A pluses. Those are really the two people that I, that I tutored. It was very funny. They were like the people who really wanted an A plus and were at like getting a 95 and wanted a hundred. Those were the easiest. Cause I barely had to do anything. I just had to like yeah. sit down and go over material with them. And then there were the F students who were, who were, they need to pass high school. They need to like get a C minus in this class to not, repeat a grade that was where the pressure was that was where the the real need was that was where i made most of my money and that was where i had the highest impact because there were a couple kids who i helped not fail out of high school which is like Mm. you know pretty rewarding but again it comes back to the like who's gonna stop me so in the in the beauty industry i'm in now which i hate because it's like clearly it's an industry built for females it's called the beauty industry Mm -hmm. um the formulators are stuck in 1987 they have they like they don't understand the contracts I'm trying to give them about intellectual property ownership of formulas. They take nine to 12 months to develop a formula. When I literally taught myself chemistry and did it in two months for our first <laughs> product, it's like, so at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, there's friction, but you, there's friction in everything. So just kind of build a system or learn the skills to eliminate people who kind of have control over the things you might do. Yeah. So yeah, and now I go to formulators with my IP and my formula and knowing how to formulate it. And I got to pick one who's who like would formulate at the speed and quality that I wanted at a price that we agreed on. Yeah. And that is the thing that's kind of almost unheard of, unless you're like L'Oreal or a giant company and you own the factory. So yeah, you have to do things harder and differently, but there's still always a path. Yeah. I love that, man, because you're taking the ball and putting it in your court. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you're 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 building the basketball court and you're playing the game on on your home court. You're giving yourself yeah, sometimes home court you have to design the basketball and you have to invent the, the pump. to fit. It's like sometimes you have to do a lot of small nuanced things, too, with that. But, yeah, I like the way you phrase that. It's like. Unless it's someone on my team and at that point, I consider it like me, like me and my team is one one unit. Unless you're on the team, I I don't really trust people outside of it unless it's like we've had a long working relationship. And so we do with our packaging people, our fulfillment people, our Amazon team, et cetera, some people who are outside the company. But when I talk to a new formulator, I'm assuming that they're going to present with more problems and solutions. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, how do I make sure that we do as much as we can actually control and improve so that when we do work with this person, they need to lift three out of 10 and then we'll do the seven. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the only way we're going to get the 10 out of 10 thing, because you can't necessarily rely on, you know, it's the, that comes down to understanding the, the vested interest people have. It's like a formulator at a big factory or just a client to them. And they're a nine to five worker. Mm-hmm. Why would they like do what I did to formulate, which is make 200 formulas and sweat every tiny little detail. They yeah. they wouldn't. So that's another thing, understanding the incentives of the people you're interacting with. Because they're not always incentivized to help you. Sometimes they're incentivized to just kind of get through the day at a nine to five. Well, I've always said that, you know, I mean, for anybody that's listening, looking to take ownership of their lives, they're probably working a job and they're like, oh, I want a, a raise or this at the other thing. It's you can't expect the people around you to care more than you do about your life. 
No, right? you have to make yourself invaluable and you have to make it so that it's it's undeniably a yes when you ask for a raise. Like imagine you are, I don't know, let's pick any job. You're you're a designer at a company and you're making pitch decks. Mm-hmm. Well, if you go out of your way for a couple of weekends and, and sacrifice your personal time and learn animations and, and learn to level up the pitch decks that you're making to make them look like Apple's website, which, by the way, is not that hard. It's about it's probably 20 to 40 hours of that kind of dedication to learn a platform that's that's really good at editing or learn Photoshop at a higher level, learn a couple animations, watching YouTube videos. I mean, I taught myself chemistry with no chemistry background in mm-hmm. about a month. Ooh. And it wasn't, it wasn't all chemistry. It was enough chemistry to formulate like two or three products and understand polar versus non-polar and, and mm-hmm. ionic versus anionic versus cationic foaming. It's just like one problem you solve and then you learn. Yeah. But imagine you did that. Now, you know, the greatest animations that go in a pitch deck, you're going to show the person, you're going to show your bosses and they're just going to be blown away. Then you ask for a raise and it's like, well, clearly you upped your game and we want you to teach everyone that. Okay, well, that might be a manager position. It's just like you have to do more. You have to take it upon yourself to do more, do better. Or else why would someone just promote you because you've been there for a while? You're doing the same job. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm excluding inflation adjustment, you know. Yeah. Things, But like a real promotion. It's like you kind of have to be the person that can do the next job. So start doing the next job already so it's easy to see that you're going to do it. If you want to elevate your life, elevate your skills, elevate your capacity, elevate your value to the company yeah. that you're working with or your value to the community and the world around you. I mean, the phrase was like dress for the job you want. That doesn't matter anymore because we all work from home and are like pajamas. And like, this is the <laughs> nicest shirt I've work, worn for work in, in six months. Usually it's a T-shirt. And Thank you. Like, yeah, I, know, I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, I have button downs. Maybe I'll wear one one day. So it's it's not dressed with the job you want now. It's now it's kind of acquire the skills and demonstrate them at a high level for the job you want. Yeah. Like I have seen people join companies that are 500 employees, tech companies or whatever, and they just demonstrate skills where they get a promotion every three to six months, like clockwork, because which is way faster than anyone else. They rise to like being in the middle to top of the company in a few years because they just showed they were good at that job. Why wouldn't they give you the next job and more money if you demonstrated you were capable of doing that but they had to take it on themselves to learn those skills yeah taking the initiative and one of the things i i i can't fathom ever saying this when i'm at work and i've heard other people other coworkers say it. And, and sure i could say like i like the joke and like oh yeah that's above my pay grade but i can't fathom someone is like well that's not my job Right. <laughs> like well, what? Then then that's not going to be your job. If that's exactly. not your job, then you're not going to get rewarded or a bonus. Now, by the way, I will I will say that there is a reality of just some industries, like I'll say a lot of agencies, as far as like talent agencies, is mm-hmm. a zero-sum game. If I sign a client, that junior agent who's coming up can't sign him. It's like only one person can get the money from that person's contracts. So there are some things where there's a little bit of predatory management structures and so if you're in one of those industries learning the next skill can actually cause enemies above you who think you're coming to like eat their lunch yeah so there is that and there's all the corporate bs but that's why i never work at companies that are large well technically i've never actually worked and been employed (laughs) company that's a that's a separate thing but that's why i don't ever want my companies to be like that big where i start not knowing the culture 
in every kind of pocket of it. And there starts being that predatory zero sum game situation instead of like a rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah. I, I've, I've read before that, you know, when, when companies scale at a massive, at a, at a very quick rate to a massive size, you know, it's like the bureaucracy and all the paperwork and all the, uh, the systems and processes kind of dilute the culture anyway. Sure. And you, you end up with all the, you know, the processes and the check the boxes Scotts, yeah. <laughs> along the way. I don't know. I'll just go with the Michael Scotts. You get the middle managers that are like, I don't know. There's just, it's not, you want a flat organization, but that's hard to do. Uh, that's why we hire incredibly slowly. I am not the easiest person to work with. I demand a lot. The phrase that my developer says about me is accountability for all things at all times. It mm -hmm. is not always fun. What it does do is get amazing results. And everyone on the team knows that everyone else is like really a top quality professional. So when our guy is editing our ads for Facebook and Instagram, he knows that whoever's working on the emails is working just as hard as him to try to turn his ads into like recaptured people down the line. Yeah. And they all are incentivized with, you know, some investing equity or bonus structures or things like that. So they win emotionally, financially, and they know that if they slack, they're going to be the slacker. So yeah. it's like, they also see me working incredibly hard. They know if they message me on a Saturday at 2 a.m., like even if I'm out, I'm, I'm answering messages. I was in, I was in Budapest a month and a half ago. And like the ads guy sent me ads because it was a Friday night there and it was a Friday morning here. And I was like, all right, I was in line at like a club and I put my headphones in, listened to the ads and approved them. I don't know, yeah. it took me three minutes, but like if he's working, I'm working. Kind of I thing. love that. I love that. Kind of like you lead from the front and you kind of, you establish that culture of hustles. And I wrote down, I demand a lot, but that just translates to me is you, you have standards and you expect yeah. those standards. And by acting in those standards, you build a team around you that, gets the results kind of like you mentioned yeah i also make sure that they understand that they need to expect that from me like if they need a thing from me let's say it's some copy for an ad and they're done the ad my ad guy will ping me dude where's the copy like <laughs> like and i'm like oh shit sorry man like i yeah. owe him just as much as he owes me obviously happened to be in a nice position of getting the you know owning the equity of the company and I get to make the ultimate decisions. But again, I had to build stuff from the ground up to be there. But yeah, everyone in my company can speak to me like very freely because why wouldn't they? I am not getting him the thing he needs to do his job. That hurts mm -hmm. me. That hurts him. Like, so, you know, I'm, I'm actually always curious about at what point is that not sustainable? Is it 30 people, 50 people, 200 people where that kind of culture, because inevitably someone comes along who like, you know, falls through the cracks and then there has to be managers for groups. And then mm -hmm. HR comes in and has just more rules. And like, I don't know. Yeah. I like uh, small candid companies. I would assume, and I don't know if it's familiar with Maslow's uh, hierarchy, maybe the 150, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or maybe, maybe 150 or so. I want to, I want to talk about um, the ski trip and kind of like what kind of spiraled all this. Cause you kind of alluded to a couple of times of, you know, hey, I had to figure out how to formulate myself. So yeah. start with the scar to deciding to I'm learning chemistry. <laughs> so uh, it kind of goes back to 2010. I'm going abroad to Madrid. I land. I'm at the duty free store and I'm walking around. It's all like cigarettes, alcohol, makeup and cologne. Like, you know, that's what duty free stores are in airports. And I land, I'm about to meet my host family. My host brother's 18, I'm 20. He, I had already been like WhatsApping him. I hadn't met him. He's like, we're going to the club the first night. I'm like, this is great. And I think I have a huge pimple somewhere on. And I'm like, 
okay, I know I need concealer. My mom gave me some for prom, like that kind of stuff. Like, okay. So I'm walking around and everything's like crazy expensive. And I don't know, the, the, the lady who barely speaks English sells me some concealer from YSL, you sent Laurent. And I put it on. It's like, oh my God, this thing just disappeared. So I remember just having that, like, it was in a gold tube. It's from a female company. It's like scented, all this stuff. And I just remember thinking, okay, I can't let anyone know I ever <laughs> had this, but like, it made me a lot more confident. So that was kind of my first experience at age 20 of like buying concealer for myself to understand that that worked. And that kind of sets the stage for later. So it's 2017. I'm going down the mountain. I've been skiing my whole life. I'm on a blue. It's like 315. The lifts are closing. I'm, it's the end of the day. Great day of skiing, January 2nd, 2017. Um, I'm skiing pretty fast because, again, it's a blue. It's supposed to be groomed. It was one of those nights where like or days where it's like 35 degrees, 36 degrees and sunny. Mm -hmm. So it melts and then the night is cold. So it refreezes. And I just hit some ice and my ski pops off and, and hits me in the face. Like uh, while I'm standing in like a sword, like the sharp edge, which is a very bizarre ski accident. I'm wearing a helmet. I'm wearing goggles. I'm always safe. So it doesn't like kill me. It just literally cuts my nose from here to here. Blood everywhere. I have to call the ski patrol. They they put me in a little coffin thing and like I'm in the toboggan, like going down, bumping. I'm just thinking, oh, I was actually man. thinking at the time, like, okay, uh, it's time to find out if my girlfriend likes me for me. Cause I'm like, I know this is bad. Like I couldn't see it. I just knew there was blood everywhere and I clearly was cut hugely in my face. And I thought I'm going to have like one of those like samurai <laughs> scars across. Yeah. I had no idea. So they stitch me up, fly back to LA, get some what's called cosmetic stitches, which are a lot finer. I'm told I have to stay out of the sun for a year in Southern California, do microneedling, PRP, hyaluronic acid, blah, blah, blah. So it was like a medical need because, again, you can't hide your nose. If it was up here, I could do my hair. It's like it's right there. So if I lean in, you can still kind of see a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But it's like it's really not a big deal because I did all the right things. So the first major thing I learned is that the sun is the biggest thing that causes aging and discoloration. So, like, you need SPF 30 plus broad spectrum mineral based not chemical based and i was like that's a lot of words all right okay <laughs> cool then i learned that hyaluronic acid is like this unbelievably powerful hydrating ingredient which i needed to use basically twice a day on my nose and then most serums came with a lot of shit that i had to avoid so i needed like the medical grade oh, stuff yeah. that had specific preservatives. And so it was kind of that, like those two products and then concealer to hide it just because if I put concealer, you can't tell. Again, had to avoid specific ingredients because it would mess up your scar and your skin quality. So it was like those two really three products that I was like, okay, let me know that 90%, if not 98% of the skincare industry is owned by the same conglomerates who put the same garbage ingredients in it. And that it's all for women. Like I walked into Ulta, I walked into Sephora and it was like, these are, these stores are not for me. Yeah. They're not They're like, they're Disneyland for women. And some guys who like want to go on TikTok and see like a new trend of like snail mucin or some craziness and walk in and shop and have fun. It's like, yeah, guys have that at like other kinds of stores, but not at specifically beauty store, the traditional like most guys. So I thought, um, well, if these specific products could just be repackaged, reeducated and formulated without all that garbage and with just the highest quality ingredients, like guaranteeing that our hyaluronic acid comes from a good source, because sometimes these things are synthetic and from China and they're garbage. Ooh, um, good to know. 
that would have been a brand that would have been a miracle to me. I would have bought everything they had. And so it didn't exist. So I said, okay, let me look into it. And mm-hmm. I looked into it and I was like, all right, I'm, I guess I'm, I guess I'm starting a skincare company. <laughs> it sounded like ludicrous. Now it's what I've been doing for a while. So it makes sense. I love that. And I, I love the story of like, because I, so I work in TV, I put makeup on every single day. I sent the text to my wife. Hey babe, we were dating at the time. And I was like, Hey babe, can I borrow your makeup remover wipes? And she like responded, like something I thought my boyfriend would never ask me was to borrow my makeup remover wipes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when it comes to skincare and you alluded to it before, you used to wash your face with a bar of soap. That, that was, that was one step above my skincare. I mean, well, I would wash my face with like just a bar of soap and whatever the hand soap was, whatever that was. There. Oh, I washed my face with hand soap. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you like, I thought soap is soap. Yeah. It's, it's soap. There's no know. difference, but obviously uh, my wife now being an esthetician and, and through the research you've done, you've kind of probably opened up to a whole bunch of things that I had no idea about. We had no idea about hyaluronic acid. I put on those masks at night. I have a full fledged skincare routine, but all that to say is as you're going through this process and you start learning the chemistry process, um, what did that look like? Because you started, you talked about about maybe a month or so. And for anybody listening, I tell them learning a new skill. I think there's the the 20 hour rule, right? Everyone thinks because of the book outliers, it takes 10,000 hours to learn something, oh, but that's God. the level of expertise. Yeah. yeah like Malcolm Gladwell for like, <laughs> that was he, he was, he was that right. Outliers. Yep. Outliers. Yeah. Um, so everyone thinks it's 10,000 hours to learn something. And I'm like, no, that's, that's to reach mastery and expert. I actually but, disagree with that too. I think people can reach, reach a level of mastery if they have an inherent understanding or skills that are comparable. Yeah. Like if you, if you learned like martial arts and chess were two things I did a lot at a high level at a young age, those two things taught me about thinking moves ahead and, and serious discipline of sitting down. Those two things translated to me learning things much faster. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I just like, the same kind of mindset. So it does not take me 10,000 hours to learn stuff. It took me, I don't know, hundreds of hours to learn enough chemistry and actually formulate products. Now I'm not a chemist. I can't do any products outside of what we've already done, except I'm working with chemists now to do those. But again, it's like a localized expert. It's not an, like it's a local maximum. It's, you don't necessarily need to have like an overall maximum. Yeah. What were some of the challenges kind of getting it off the ground? Because I imagine Um, the skincare brand uh, isn't like screaming off the shelves to men and some men probably don't even go into Ulta. Yeah. I mean, basically I just have a process that I kind of invented that is just ask why that's the first thing. And if you don't get good answers, Mm -hmm. And it's probably something that needs a better answer. And you can do that. Like, why is nobody selling to men? Oh, I've gone to beauty Mm -hmm. conferences. And it turns out that every single woman who like 80% of the conferences are women. Every single woman just thinks guys should embrace female skincare. Guys should wear lipstick and makeup. And guys shouldn't be afraid to have a 17 step routine and understand what like a toner and (laughs) C versus retinol versus hyaluronic acid. It's like uh, literally you're trying to change the behavior of guys and that's not going to happen. Now, again, I'm talking about probably 80% of guys and 20% Mm -hmm. of women who Creed is for. Creed is not necessarily for many women and it's not for all guys. Some guys love the routines and they love learning about new products. Again, it's like, there is no like one guy is, you know, the one archetype or, or whatever, but most guys, they weren't educated in it. They weren't 
uh, it's culturally wasn't acceptable. They don't understand the chemistry of it. It was like, okay, well, those things make sense to me. Let me see if I can answer those individual questions. And when I did, then I said, okay, let me look at the business model. It's this product is $39. Now it lasts you a month or two and it fixes like almost all your skin problems. So I don't know, it's like looking amazing or 39 bucks a month or really 29. If you're subscribing, it's like, yeah, that's a drink and a half in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like that's, that's one that's less than a main course at any restaurant in most major cities to look mm -hmm. really good for a month. It's like, yeah, okay. That's a pretty good value proposition. Yeah. So, but really what it was is, is going through those systems and going through those problems and breaking them down one by one is the chemistry hard. Okay. Well, I don't know. Let me go answer that. Let me Google. What is a serum? How to formulate. I watched YouTube videos from formulators making serums. And I was like, Oh, I actually kind of understand what they're saying versus watching it for concealer and being like, yeah, I have no idea what this process is. I'm going to hire someone for that. <laughs> but again, it's systematic problem solving where you break problems down. So there's a large problem of starting a skincare company. Is it financially viable? Is it culturally viable? Can we market it? Do we have a supply chain? Do I have the funding? Let's say that like there's, there's, we break them down. And then each of those gets broken down into sub problems and you Try to answer those generally before you start a business and then very hyper specifically when you actually try to implement it. Oh, yeah, because there's probably more problems that arise along the way, right? Oh, yeah, it's a crazy <laughs> tree of like of problems. And that's yeah. all my life is, is, is solving problems. It's figuring out which problems to solve and then solving them in a way where they stay solved. That's yeah. a big thing, too. I'm not a shortcuts kind of guy. I read every contract for every service and ask questions and it's sometimes kind of a nightmare and some, mm -hmm. but I've never had any legal problems. I've never agreed to an agreement, even if it's an app that plugs into our Shopify store that millions of stores use. I'll find line 217. I'll be like, what does this mean? And they'll respond back. It's like, Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. I love that because a lot of people, it mean, they, they sign those, uh, you know, terms of conditions of just like, Oh, yep. Like, it's just like another thing to click and you have no idea what you agreed to. And I've even seen for a lot of marketers that are listening, some of the videos that people use from like those, those uh, royalty free sources or whatnot. Like if you post it on YouTube, they can get a claim of some of your income. Like that's in some yeah, of the lines in these contracts. There's a lot of commercial license BS and IP stuff that like, that's one of the reasons why we use a lot of AI to generate images now is because they just are like blanket commercial license. Cause they're like, they don't yep. give a shit about it. It's, it's an image that, they can make 10 billion images that look almost identical in one second. So they like don't need to own any individual thing. They just want you to be paying to use their software. So AI is pretty, there's a couple of tools like Dolly 2 and MidJourney that we use actually in our ads now for <laughs> specific images that we could not find on stock image things or that had licenses that were questionable or price tags that were too high. Yeah. I, I want to talk about, because I, I could hear some of um, the, the more my more rugged listeners, right? The more more rugged masculine listeners, like I still wash my face with a bar of soap. You guys yeah. are crazy. I don't know. I don't need to look good. But I think the opposite is true is you do need to look good. And I've even seen through through your research, 95% of men say that they'd feel better if their skin yeah, looked better. Who doesn't though? I mean, that, that we put that stat up and when I put it up, I was like, it's kind of a ridiculous stat that who, who doesn't want to look good? <laughs> Now it depends on what your what your definition and what our as a brand's definition is of looking good and if we can communicate that and then if it's the same is looking good well looking good to like 
Sephora right now would be a guy with mascara and lipstick on. Like that's that's what they're putting in the front of their stores. To me, I'm good. I'll, I'll pass. I'll keep walking. I'll get it up on next door and and keep walking. You know. Yeah. Um, for me, looking good is not having wrinkles, having smooth skin that just doesn't have problems, not having dry skin when I shave, not having irritation. Like those are those are normal, just kind of functional skin issues that I would like to get rid of. Yeah. You know, I'm 33 soon, but like I, you know, people tell me I look pretty much younger than that. And it's like, well, yeah, because I don't wash my face with soap anymore, like a bar of soap. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Is if you're 50 and you look 40, is that like feminine? No, that's amazing. Every who wouldn't want to do that. So that's kind of our our mentality. It's 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 not about beauty, it's about like looking good. You know, you you buy a nice shirt, you get a haircut, you shave. It's like it's just put some stuff on your face that takes yeah. 30 seconds or less and your skin will be better. It's like there's yeah. no there's no kind of cosmetic element about our brand. And that was going to be one of my last questions. You say 30 seconds or less, which I think is great. I mean, I even have one of those all in one um, mm. like shampoo, conditioner, body wash type things, because my wife's like, yeah, you're not going to do all those steps here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the 30 seconds or less kind of sums it up. And I, d- I do think you have some thoughts on, on that conditioner thing. So we'll go back on that. But sh- let's talk about the 30 yeah. seconds or less really quick. So. Basically, when I was thinking about it, and it's funny because I came up with this phrase and then like two years later or something, I read the book $100 million offers by Alex Hormozzi, who's like, if you want a book on understanding how to package things in a way that people will consume, making deals and understanding just like marketing messaging and making like, that's the best book. And I follow him on Instagram and everyone should. He just has these very funny, practical things of advice about like how to get extra protein at Chipotle for only a dollar more. It's like, yeah. Dude, you're very wealthy, but I love that you're like always thinking about beating the system that's presented to you because that mindset you'll do for a $10 problem or a $10 million problem. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he has uh, kind of an equation. I might, I might botch it a little bit, but the overall thing is like value that you're delivering at the top, which for us is the aspirational outcome. You know, you're looking better. You're looking younger. Your wife's more into you. You're that, that girl at the club like thinks you're better open you're gonna get laid you're gonna your boss is gonna think you're less tired you're gonna whatever whatever the thing in the ad is that we're kind of alluding to which is every skincare company on earth does but then it's likelihood of success which is social proof reviews ugc okay again everyone has that but then there's a there's something on the bottom the denominator which is how hard is it to get there if I said you'd be the best looking person in the world, but it's going to cost you $10 billion in a thousand years. It's like, well, that's not possible. Yeah. But if I said you're going to look better than you are now. You're going to look younger and it takes 30 seconds a day. You're going to be like, well, damn, that's, that's obviously doable. Thank and the you. reason it said 30 seconds was because um, to me, 30 seconds was enough time to actually do something. And all our products do take less than that time. This takes, it's a moisturizer, pump, pump, you do it. It's really eight seconds, but eight second skincare sounds like, you know, microwavable, like, you know, burrito or something. It's like, it's too easy. You don't think it's going to have a good result. And anything longer than that seems like it's too long. I'm stuck in the bathroom. So that's what we found from testing worked. Um, And again, if something takes 30 seconds, there's no way it's hard enough for you to not do it. It's like you could do a plank for anyone can do a plank for 30 seconds right now. Like it doesn't matter yeah. how hard the thing is. If it takes 30 seconds, you can, you can squeeze it in. You yeah. can like 
pretend to walk into another room and do your skincare routine and come back and no one will even know you left. Yeah. Kind of like the thought process of they say, you know, you, you sing happy birthday while you wash your hands to do the full thing. And yeah. you don't really do all that. And I mean, the soap works, but you, you have that 30 second window or whatnot. Uh, what were your thoughts? Cause I saw you had a little bit of a, a, a visual reaction. I was like, I have one. Yeah, it's funny Cause to me now that I've, like we're potentially going to do a shampoo and a conditioner. And it's like, it's this funny battle of like, I don't want a million products for our product line. Cause I want you to come to our site and you say, okay, I have acne. We go wash your face with our facial cleanser, which we have one of not 17, uh, put the hyaluronic acid serum on. And then if you need to go out that night, put the concealer on like two to three products. Max is kind of what we'd like to recommend for any problem that like genuinely will help you solve your problem in both the functional thing and then the visual visual element of it. And the, like the, the four in ones like shampoo, body wash, whatever, those products just do such different things and offer often counteracting things. And it's like shampoo cleans and conditioner kind of sits and like, does it like they actually do like diametrically opposed things. So it's like, it'd be like throwing mud on your car and then cleaning. It's like, we weird. It's like they're opposite things. So, you know, what I try to do with this is this is a serum. Most of the time people put a serum on and then a moisturizer. I made this with a specific molecular weight of hyaluronic acid in it that actually is kind of a gel and like coats your face and feels tight. So you don't even need a moisturizer after it. So my solution was instead of making like a two in one was to make the one just so good and effective. You didn't yeah. need to. But again, it's it's just kind of funny to me, like the all in one. I used to use that stuff. It just mm -hmm. like a body wash washes your body differently with different surfactants and chemicals than a shampoo does. And a shampoo does something very different than a conditioner. So to put them all in one is like. Is weird. Yeah, I, I was kind of iffy about it. And my wife was, too. But she's like, use that for now until you here's find the thing. what's better. If, if that gets you to do something, something is often 80 percent better than nothing. So that's also one of the reasons for the 30 second skincare line is like, if this is all you do, let's say you really needed this and a moisturizer and something else, but you're never going to use three products. And this is 80% of what you need. 80% is much better than 0%. Yeah. And Jake, you hit the nail on the head because that's exactly what she said. Like this, you will do, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll start with what you'll do mm -hmm. and then we'll build from there, which is how she got me doing the whole, you know, um, like I have like a makeup, yeah, I have a makeup bomb and then I have a moisturizer. Well, I have a makeup bomb instead of the makeup wipes. And then I have the cleanser and then I moisturize. So it's like a three-step process. So she gets you on a toner and then something else. And then like a, what's called like slugging, which my girlfriend told me oh. about. It's like on TikTok where you like cover your face in Vaseline or something <laughs> for like six hours because you look like a slug. Oh. It's like, no, I'm not going to do any of that. Yeah, I, I think I draw the line there. This is just to get my makeup off. Right? You draw the line there, but the line keeps moving. You know, things get normalized. And so that's one of the things they're trying to do is they're trying to move the guys from, I don't understand skincare, and I'm opposed to it too. Okay, I'll use like one or two of your like fancy-ish products that like clearly work, but take 30 seconds or less. Yeah. And once you're there, it's like, it just becomes normal. We're not trying to necessarily get you past that line. We're just trying to get you comfortable with like, clean your face with our unbelievable facial cleanser if you have dark circles like use our eye stick which we're coming out with both of those in like a month or two nice. if you need to cover something use a concealer it's like no one will know you're wearing these products they'll take no time for you to use and you're just gonna look better and it's like the, you know that feeling when you put on like a new shirt or jacket and you're just like 
oh, this mm-hmm. this thing fucking works for me. Yeah. Like that's what we want, but with your face. Like it's not it's not rocket science. It feels good when you look good. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier uh, how sun is like the number one for like aging and yeah. wrinkles and whatnot. I do a little SPF. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong with that. But um, I would love for for the guys listening to to learn more, Jake, to connect with with uh, everything that you're doing with, with Creek skincare in 30 seconds or less. So how can folks connect with you, connect with Crete and yeah, uh, find I mean, out the products? I'm probably too open about what we're working on all the time. And and like people, people email me, Jake at Crete.club and they'll be like, what was your like Google marketing strategy? And I'll probably tell them like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just figure like, you're not going to copy me. You're not, you're not my competition. Even if you were like, good luck finding the people I'm working with. And like, we move so quickly. So Jake, J-A-K-E at Crete, K-R-E-T-E dot club, C-L-U-B. So Jake at Crete dot club. Email me. I don't know if you have questions. I'm always answering. <laughs> Just don't make the email seem like you're selling me a service because those go right to spam like every time. Yeah. Yeah. Email I like that. Your website and, you know, uh, I love what you're doing. And uh, I have this email platform. It's like those get flagged <laughs> right away. Yeah. No, I love it. And and my buddy always says, you know, hey, free game. Most of you guys aren't going to play it. Right. I'll, I'll give you the playbook. I'll give you the moves yeah, that I'm making. That's, ooh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah most people don't give, actually play. I can give people the secrets of what we've done for success. And like, yeah, 90 something percent of people will just take it and do nothing. Yeah. And that's, that's where the difference really comes in is to those that take action. Well, Jake, this has been amazing. I got one last question for you. And this is usually the heaviest one, the most, uh, I guess, thoughtful one. And it's what's something you've seen or something that's happened to you that shapes the way you view the world as a man. Hmm. Well, there's some things I, I think I'm, I'm wondering how to phrase them. So I okay, yeah. yell I think there is a lack of serious masculinity in today's, especially in our generation and the generation below. And that the traditional like job of, of protecting those we love has not been taken very seriously, whether it's financial, physical, other things. I live in Los Angeles, it's getting pretty dangerous here in parts and like, I don't know. I take safety and, and and the safety of my family seriously. And I just, I don't see a lot of people around me thinking that they're kind of in la la land. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, my role as a man relative to my family, my girlfriend and, and friends around me is like making sure they're safe, like physically and emotionally more often than I see a lot of the people of my generation doing. Yeah. And honestly, Jake, that's huge. You're so right. Because my wife and I have these discussions and, you know, one of the biggest compliments she's ever told me was, you know, hey, I feel safe with you. And it's not just about uh, physical presence, but to your point, it's it's about, you know, consistency, dependability, financials, and, and just yeah, really even always, emotional security. If you want to talk about emotional security, I mean, like the loyalty of, of guys and, and women, there's like, in relationships is like almost out the window for most people because you, your new partner is one swipe away. And it's like, I can go to burning man. And my girlfriend does not worry about me for two seconds. Cause she knows who I am. Yeah. And so I'm happy that one, I get to go without her being worried about it. Cause that's not necessarily an easy thing to do for many ready relationships, but I'm also happy that she doesn't worry about it. It's a win-win. She doesn't even stress for two seconds because I've given her the emotional security to understand that, like, you know, I'm loyal, I'm responsible, and et cetera. So I think yeah. that, that that gets you into, like, healthy relationships and healthy places. But 
you know, the world is crazy out there. And I think we kind of are deluding. A lot of people are deluding themselves about their role to make sure those around them are safe and comfortable. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that feedback and and I agree wholeheartedly. And that's why I do this, man. People like you, men like you and some of our other guests that have been on continuing to kind of make this front and center and, and help men elevate themselves, become high value, and also pour into those that they love. Jake, this has been amazing. I'll have the links in the show notes, by the way. I usually say that after you share the links. I'll have that in the show notes for anybody listening that really wants to hop on. And if you would, just give me a moment to to recap some of the amazing things that you said, because you were boom, boom, boom. Boom. Uh, for the pattern pattern of doing things a little differently. For any guys that's listening, sometimes you have to go against the grain to get to where you need to go and then challenge the traditional path. The way it's always been done sometimes isn't the way it should be done moving forward. And of course, things can be expensive, but they work. Don't shortchange yourself and don't take shortcuts. Like Jake said earlier, I'm not one to take shortcuts and you shouldn't either because there is no shortcut to success. And if you get to success with a shortcut, you'll find that it will be short lived. And then who do I need permission from? Think of taking the ball into your own court and not just the ball into your court, design your own court, design your own ball, play your game, go 90% of the way. So others only have to go 10 because you also have to think about the incentive of others. They're not going to put the same value into what you have going on into your life as you're putting into your own things. High impact, high results. You can charge what you want when the results are undeniable. If you have those high results, you have that high impact. You can express, you can expect the high price. And that is what your customer will expect. And they will gladly pay it because they know those results are on the other side. And then the friction in everything, it's not going to be easy. The plane takes off against the wind, as I said earlier. So once you get the plane off the ground, it's a different game, but you have to pick up momentum, pick up speed in order to get lift off in the first place and then make yourself invaluable. Learn those new skills, whether it's 20 hours, 100 hours, 150, it's not going to be 10,000 to get satisfactory in whatever skill you're looking to acquire. Help your company elevate, help those around you elevate, and even find skills that you can put into others and set up a system of accountability. If you have high standards, like Jake said, I demand a lot. It's okay to demand a lot of others and of yourself and let them keep you accountable as you keep them accountable as well. And the sun is the biggest thing that causes aging and discoloration. So get yourself a good skincare routine. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's been more and more important to me as a man. I think it should be important to you as well. And conveniently, we just had a full episode talking about how you can take care of your skin for 30 seconds or less. I appreciate you guys making it to the end of the episode. As always, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can catch a new episode each and every single week. Be sure to share this with a friend if you got value from this. It's the best compliment you can give us. And also leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing. The only way we improve is by you letting us know what we can improve on. With that being said, like we always say at the end of the episode, guys, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. Yeah.